Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My podcasts often deal with distressing situations which are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. Some of what I discuss may trigger uncomfortable emotions. If that does occur, please reach out to Lifeline, Beyond Blue or any other support service or person you feel comfortable with. Please keep in mind that there's always two sides, sometimes more, to every story. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs. Not everybody will agree with them. I never want to tell any guest what to say or what not to say, so there will always be others that see it differently, and I understand that. Hello, I'm Narelle Fraser. I was a cop with Victoria Police for 27 years, 15 of those as a detective, having dealt with all types of crime, from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. I witnessed the effect crime has on those involved and became one of those victims myself in 2012 when I was diagnosed with PTSD. However, out of adversity comes other opportunities like this, my own podcast. I'm still pinching myself. Thanks for listening and coming with me as we explore the human side and impact of crime. Keeping kids safe, they're the most vulnerable in our community and we should be doing everything we can to keep them safe from harm. I don't think enough's being done because there are kids out there being abused right now. Well, that should never happen. Today's guest is a Member of Parliament, even though as a young man, He failed to get into university due to his Year 12 results. He found surfing and knocking around with his mates more fun than school. Can't blame him there. But his message is an important one. Results on a test are not a reflection of who you are or who you could be. Don't be defined by results. Be defined by your potential and what you can do to the best version of yourself possible. Mistakes are made along the way, but how can we learn from them? Stuart Grimley found with persistence, commitment, hope and a bit of luck, unexpected things can happen. He applied himself, albeit a little bit late, and eventually became a teacher, a principal and a detective with Victoria Police prior to entering Parliament. Not bad for a guy who couldn't get the marks for uni. 
He's now a member of the Legislative Council in the Western Region of Victoria and is the Victorian leader of Darren Hinch's Justice Party. Look, I'm going to do my best to steer clear of politics today, but I would like to acknowledge the tremendous amount of work Stuart is doing to expose issues which are often too difficult to think about or discuss. Stuart, like many of us frontline workers, witnessed terrible and cruel abuse, homelessness, serious mental health issues, alcoholism and loneliness. And I'm sure he's confronted with that in his role as an independent member of our state as well. Stuart Grimley is so much more than a politician. He has a passion about justice and he's walked the walk and talked the talk. He was a member of Victoria Police for 10 years and before that WA Police for seven years, with much of his time with Victoria Police investigating sex offences. Like me, he loved the excitement and thrill of going down all those rabbit burrows that are thrown up at us in policing, all those avenues of inquiry that often lead nowhere. But you've got to check everything because it could be down that very rabbit burrow that you ignore where often that missing piece of the jigsaw is, the pedophile. Can I read you an excerpt? from Stuart's maiden speech to Parliament because it just shows where his passion is and he didn't suggest this. I found it through my research for today. Quote, to my previous work colleagues of Victoria Police, in particular at the Mirable CIU, and he names every one of them, your advice and thoughts on how we can improve our legal system over my tenure will now have the opportunity of being heard in Parliament. And to all my previous brothers and sisters in blue and indeed all emergency service workers, rest assured that you now have a representative within Spring Street who will work tirelessly to improve our judicial processes and also work towards addressing and supporting the mental health issues that are becoming all too familiar. Okay, so thanks for your time today, Stuart. Um, I've got to say that um, I've recorded my interviews in some pretty unusual and different places, but Parliament House tops them all. Uh, it certainly tops sitting in my car on a 40-degree day with the windows wound up and the aircon on because of the noise. That's pure uh, this is pure luxury. So I'm just wondering, when should the tea and scones arrive, Stuart? <laughs> yeah, good luck. You'll, you'll probably get uh, beer and wine before the tea and scones uh, in this place. If you, if you reach about two metres over that way to your left, there's a fridge in there. So uh, that often comes in handy on some... Some late nights, of course. <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. This is this is actually <laughs> confirming we are in Parliament House. Yeah, we are in Parliament. So those bills are for the um, the lower house, and they're going to run for the next four minutes. <laughs> You're kidding me. No. That's hilarious. So, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> mm. probably, oh, look. Let, let's just keep going. We'll yeah, see. We'll see what go. happens. Let's yeah. And inevitably, I suppose at some point, your political career and your policing careers, they're going to intertwine. Um, but as I said before, I'm going to be doing my best to steer clear of politics because what I really wanted to talk to, about today was your other life. Your life's sort of in two parts, isn't yep. it, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought we might start with your teaching. 
So in the 80s, you said that you became a teacher with your first teaching post being in the Western District. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, in the Western Desert. In the Western Desert, yes, yeah. sorry, bit yeah, different. It was, um, <laughs> yeah, so if you draw, draw a line between Perth and Ayers Rock, um, my first school was in a place called Blackstone, which is about would have been about three quarters up that line. So it's in the middle of nowhere, middle of the Western Desert. Um, Midnight All have sung a few songs about out there and Stars of Warburton and, and Warwickurna, and, and that's where I was based uh, as my first job. My first um, teaching position was in a grade uh, prep to year five, mm. five class, so mm. it was quite challenging. I had about um, a dozen kids, yeah. and it was all English as a second language, so... Um, the Indigenous language is their primary language out there, so it's yep. very difficult to learn, um, you know, and to help the kids through through that process. I learned more from them than what yep. they taught me, put it that way. H- had you ever, uh, did you know anything about the Indigenous language? Mm, nothing at all. I knew nothing. I didn't even know that these places existed out there, and it wasn't until you fly in in, in your light aircraft and you look around that they're literally in the middle of nowhere, these little small towns in the middle of nowhere. Um, my 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 house was a was a caravan, a little caravan at the back mm. of the school, mm. um, which you know, had a had a little stove. It was just so you know, as a young early twenties, you know, such just such an eye opener. Mm. Um, but yeah, I learned obviously you learn the swear words first um, in the, in the indigenous language. <laughs> I won't so. get you to repeat them, <laughs> <laughs> just in case there's someone listening from the Nutter lands. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was really a massive eye opener, and I was well received by the community. I went from Blackstone to a place called um, um, Warburton, and then from Warburton I went to teach and become a principal at a place called Jakali. Um, and the reason I was a a principal out at Jakali is because nobody else wanted the job and I happened to be mm. in the area and mm. they offered it to all these other teachers. Nobody wanted to take it on, um, so I did. Mm. And that's sort of been um, a defining moment, I suppose, in my life because from that moment on I've, I've just um, chosen to take an opportunity when it's there. Mm. If an opportunity presents itself, take it, give oh, it a go. I couldn't agree more. Mm. Yeah. Because you never know where it's going to end up. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And like you say, you know, reading about you, the fact that you've, you couldn't get good enough marks to mm. uh, get into uni. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, to finish year 12? To, to, no, so I finished finish, year yeah. 12, but I, I missed out on any course that I could possibly do. Yeah. Um, which was a bit disappointing for my, for my parents, but uh, for me, that was probably understandable because I just, you know, I was too busy down at the beach and yeah. having a few drinks with my mates and yeah. so forth. So I um, I ended up going back to South Australia for a little while, which is where I was born, just to basically catch up with friends from primary school. Yeah. And it was when I was over there that um, somebody said that, you know, the university courses over there are a lower entry standard than yeah. Western Australia. Yeah. So I, I applied as a, a interstate student. Yeah. And my marks in West Australia were actually enough to get me into South Australia. Okay. So I started my that teaching. That doesn't say a lot about WA, does it? <laughs> no, or South Australia for that matter. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so I started my course in SA and I did it for six months. And lo and behold, I was able to use the credits from my first six months, my first semester, yeah. to get into a course in West Australia. Yeah. So I went through the back door. Mm. Yeah. But it also proves what I bang on about all the time is that and, and I noticed you said it, said it in your maiden speech about the fact that um, it isn't life isn't all about marks 
and mm. about getting great marks. Like we have other things, you know, I wasn't um, born, a, you know, I'm not a Rhodes Scholar either, mm. but it just proves that you don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar. You don't have to get great marks to make something of yourself. I mean, look at us. Do you pinch yourself sometimes and think to yourself, I am in Parliament House. Yeah. I am a member of Parliament. Absolutely. And you look, I think back to my my life as a young fella and there was no way I would have predicted that I'd ever be here. And and I think that, and I've got an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old and who was going through you know, very, very early stages of their life and mm. careers and so forth. And I've always said to them, you know, if, if you don't know what you want to do now, that's fine. Yeah. You know, who yeah. knows what you're going to be doing in five years' time. Yeah. Just do what makes you feel happy now. Yeah. Um, if you want to study, study, that's fine. If you want to travel, travel, that's fine. Just do what you think is right for you at the time. Yeah. Um, and things will pop up. There's always there's always another door that will open. Yeah. Um, you may fail at some things. Failure yeah. is a part of life. Mm. Deal with it, learn from yeah. it and move on. I, I've honestly, I, I could say I think I've learned more from my failures in life than from the, you know, where I've succeeded. Gee, it makes you strong. Yeah, it does. And you got, and it makes you resilient. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you've got to challenge yourself as well. Um, like I've never, as soon as I get comfortable in a, in a place or a position, it's probably time to move on. Um, that's yep. the way that I've always been as well. Um, I'm not one of those ones that sticks out things for the sake yeah. of sticking it out. And yep. teaching is a classic example because I got to a stage in teaching where I became a principal, um, you know, I achieved some good things in the schools, got to a place where I thought was a good good spot to be and then the passion just sort of started to, to wane from there mm. and and I, and I thought and I always said to myself as soon as that starts to go with teaching especially mm. it's time to get out because yeah. how many yeah. times do you see teachers that just stay in that job yeah. Yeah. that are absolutely you know and I'm sure they've got a good heart but they're just no good for kids they lose their passion yeah they lose their passion the yeah. kids aren't learning properly they yeah. get disenchanted so it's time to move on and that's what I did and that's when I went to policing mm. I must admit for the listeners I've walked into Stuart's office and you can't half tell that he's a um, an ex-policeman and it's really lovely that you've um, that you acknowledge it and you obviously respect it we've got Police, uh, what are they? The little uh, teddy bear, yeah, the constable tea bear. The con- yeah, the constable <laughs> tea bear. And it brought me right back. I've got. Um, I'm looking here at a socket uh, investigative <laughs> course. Yeah. Uh, the sex offenders register. <laughs> to be honest, it makes me really. Oh, I just. Gee, I miss it. Do you yeah. miss it? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I miss more the the teamwork, the the people in the job. Um, rather than the job itself, because the job itself is very, very demanding, as you know. Yes, and, yep. And, and, and once again, it's a type of job that has a has an end date, I think, um, and I think a lot of people probably stay at it a bit too long, um, yeah, yeah. you know, for, for whatever reasons they do. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I sought to seek other opportunities and yeah. that's when I became interested in politics. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows, if I'm not re-elected in November, I might be going back. To, to the Victoria Police, so we just you know, and that's an option that's on the table. Um, yeah. I still, I still you know, enjoyed um, the job. I still yeah. enjoyed the investigations. I finished up at Mirable CIU. Yeah. So we had some really good things going there. Um, yeah. But once again, it was I found more um, passion through the people that I worked with. Yeah. Um, rather than the job itself. Yeah. I don't think you could say that. I was just going to say that you can. I don't think you can get passion from 
the clients that we work with because I, I don't know about you, but I found that they really brought me down. Mm-hmm. They It really affected me. Did that, did that happen with you? Did you get meant how did you uh, cope psychologically I suppose? Yes the the hardest period of time in my policing was at Socket was the two years at Socket uh, without doubt yep and funnily enough I didn't really see that at the time no you don't do you? (laughs) It wasn't until afterwards that I saw it um, and reflected back and when I did leave and, and became um, just a, a, a general detective. Yeah. My wife was saying, if you ever go back to Socket, I'll divorce you. Yeah. And we had a discussion about it from there. I thought, well, yeah. why is that? You know, yeah. because at the time I thought, you know, things were going, she goes, you had no idea, like how moody you were. Yes. How, yeah. how, you know, it was very, very tough. Yes. For her and the family yeah. whilst I was doing this job. Yeah. And I didn't see that at the time. Yeah. And then I thought back and I thought, you know what? I remember having a lot of headaches. Um, yes. A lot, and I, and I remember driving back a number of times from from work, just listening to classical music. Yeah. I never listened to classical music. Yeah. And for some reason, I just found that soothing. soothing yeah. Yeah. For yeah. me on on that hour long trip back mm. home, mm. and it was like, Jesus, you're right. You know, yeah, yeah, you're right. It has a massive effect on you. So, yeah. And there are some people that that stick it out for. Probably a bit too yes. too long. Yeah, for their I, own I detriment. think I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but that's like I said, you don't see it at the time. No, you it's don't not until afterwards that you do. Yeah, you do it because you love it. That, mm. That's why I did um, socket work. And just for the listeners, um, socket is the sex offence and child abuse. Uh, investigative team so we call it socket but it is all about interviewing isn't it it's Mm. all about interviewing uh, witnesses and offenders with uh, and um, and victims um, to sexual assaults and Mm. child abuse I mean you're right there there should be I think there should be a limited time with that because like you I couldn't see it either because I loved it that much would you say you loved the socket work. I love. I love getting the results. Yeah. I love getting the arrests and 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 that side of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we had to, as you know, you've got to interview children. Yes. Um, so you could be interviewing a, a six-year-old, seven-year-old child mm. um, to interviewing a sixty-year-old offender, mm. um, or even mm. a sixty or seventy-year-old mm. victim of of childhood sex abuse who wants to report something that happened back in the 50s. Yeah. So our skill set had to be so broad, Mm. um, which was really, really good. We, 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 you know, learned a lot. Um, We studied a lot, like Mm. the courses that Mm. um, soccer detectives do in Victoria are probably the best in the world. Mm. Um, The investigator, the interviewing techniques are Mm. well-renowned. So we are world-leading detectives Mm. um, and the results that we got were were good. Mm. Unfortunately, the sentencing was very, very disheartening um, mm. for a lot of the victims, mm. especially. Mm. Yeah, it is for the victims. But I also used to feel, I don't know about you, but leaving a court when we have virtually held their hand the whole way through, and you always prepare victims and witnesses, mm-hmm. don't you, to that this may not be, we may not get over the line. But to actually, I always felt a failure when I didn't get a conviction mm-hmm. because yep. they look at you, don't they? They look mm-hmm. at you for um, 
to resolve it, Some like sort it's of so, yeah. yeah, and so that they can move on. And mm. sometimes it takes them back. It, yeah. It's, yeah, and and a lot of the times, especially if they get a you know unsatisfactory result, it's like why did I bother? You know, yeah, why, why did I bother? And that's I think a lot of that's got to do with the fact that we have such low rates of sexual assault reporting at yeah. the moment. Yeah, um, which is quite common. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. But um, when you talk about you know, some, some of the, the good times and the better times, like one of my best um, jobs that I ever did um, was a, a, an elderly gentleman came over from South Australia and to report a sexual sexual assault that happened late fifties in Footscray, mm. and um, as we do, so we do we do the statement. Um, mm. It was very very traumatic for him, even as an older person, mm. to to recount. Mm. But I tell you what, like the descriptions that he gave, um, the detail that he still mm. had mm. decades later mm. was absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, what he went through was entirely horrible, mm. um, and he's lived with that for most of his life. Mm. And at the end of the statement, which which took quite a while, um, I, I say, which I which I do to everybody, you know, tell me about your background and yep. what's brought you here today. Yeah. And the fact that he was he'd moved from South Australia, um, travelled over to South Australia because his mum had just died mm. in Footscray mm. and his dad died years before and his mum had just died. So now he felt comfortable to bring this forward towards mm. police in a more formal manner because he said if I did this before it would have killed mum yes you know I just couldn't have done it yep 
And so that was his reasoning behind it. Everyone's got a reason for why they delay mm. or, you know, mm. to report, and that's mm. entirely fine. Mm. But I'll tell you the, the relief on his shoulders yeah. after that statement. He said, I wish I did this yeah. decades ago. Yeah. He said, I've been living with this for 40-odd years yeah. and it's, it's destroyed my marriages, oh. my, my family, my relationship with my kids, yeah. all sorts. Yeah. It was just entirely, yeah, horrible situation. Good story, like a good result. Yep. Is that um, trying to track down this offender was pretty pretty difficult because it, it happened outside of a school. Yep. Not in a school place, so there was no real formal records. Yeah. So I did a bit of digging around the historical societies and etc. And thankfully, due to his great description, I was able to find a few pictures of a few people who I thought might have been the one. Right. Really. So I, I yeah. put it towards the um, the police identification unit to put up a photo board. Yep. Yep. And and we put you know match the faces as you know if you have a suspect and then the police identification they, they go and match other yes. suspects around the same yep time and are in the same looks. Yep. Put it on a photo board. Sent it back to South Australia to a police station there. Um, he went to he went to the police station to identify what I thought was going to be the suspect. Um, anyway, I'll get the, uh, the photo board back about a week later and written on the, uh, on the photo board is he's identified a different person, um, not the one that I, oh, goodness, not the one right. that I put up. <laughs> and I rang him up and I said, are you, sh- are you sure that this is the one, you know, are, yeah, you, are yeah. you positive? Yeah. And he goes, when I saw his face, it just sent shivers up my spine said, that is him. Oh. I could not believe like you found him. That's him. Yeah. And I said, well, okay. I said, well, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, that, I said, that's very interesting. Um, so I, I went back to the police identification unit. I said, who's this person that he's identified? Because that's not the one that I put up. Yeah, yeah. And I've got the name and the details. Um, and as it turns out, the person he identified was a registered sex offender. Yeah. Had had prize, many prize oh. for abusing kids around yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, and he died about two years ago. So I rang back um, the uh, the victim and I said, good news, bad news. Yeah. Good news is um, that person who you picked out is likely to be the one. Yes. Bad news is is that he's, he's died. And yeah. so you won't be able to get any sort of justice from that. Yeah. He goes, I've, I've already got justice. Like yeah. the fact that, you know, yeah. we were able to identify him yeah. is is justice to yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So that was a really good result, something of which, you know, I'd like to put a feather on my cap for it. But, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah I was almost there. But, uh, yeah, we got him in the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's the trouble with um, waiting so long to report it. And I understand what you're saying because I think I've read somewhere before that it's the average time to wait for people that have been sexually abused to report it is something like 23 years. Mm. And often that's right, people die and, you know, for all sorts of reasons. So so did you join, did you become a politician um, like you're with the Justice Party? So obviously that is your passion is justice, mm. would I? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So um, Darren Hinch started the, um, the Justice Party, Darren Hinch's Justice Party in 2015 I think it was or 14 yeah and I remember watching the news at the time when he was launching and I turned to my wife at the time and I said oh this would be what a great party you know everything that he's standing for is everything that that I totally agree with yeah and she goes well why don't you do it why don't you just put your hand up and say you're interested so 
I um, contacted Darren and I said, yeah, this is... And you were a policeman at the time? Yeah, at the time I was a police officer and I said, look, I wouldn't mind catching up and telling you a bit about myself, my story, how I might be able to help your party and met with him in a cafe and after that brief meeting, he rang me on the way home and said, I'm looking for a running mate Mm. when I go for the Senate. Mm. Would you be interested? And I said, yeah, absolutely. You know, Mm. not really knowing what that involves. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I will. Um, He said, look... Yeah, chances are you won't get in um, because, you know, it's going to be hard enough for me to get in, let alone have yeah. two in. I said, yeah, that's fine. I'll, for the experience, it be yeah. really, really good. Yeah. So from that moment on, um, I had to quit the police force because you can't be receiving profits from the Crown to yes. stand as a Commonwealth Member of Parliament. Right. So I did that knowing that I could, could get my job back if I wasn't successful. Yeah. So for three months I was without a job. I just did the party sort of work, campaigning. Uh, went through the election. Darren got elected, which was great. Yeah. Um, I missed out. Then I reapplied for my job back and ended up at Marable CIU. But from, oh, right. from that time, Darren said, look, you know, I really love your work, love what you're doing, yep. love your passion. Yeah. What I'd like you to do is stand in the state election. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll see how we go from there. And lucky enough, um, three years ago, we, we were voted in. So mm. I was very fortunate and, mm. and here we are. And so... Because the sex offend sex offenders are a passion of mine uh, to put put as many as I can or I could have at the time behind bars, so that our kids uh, and everyone is safe, uh, you know, as safe as we can make it. So, have you done anything uh, in relation to sex offenders in your um, in your role as an MP? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We were lucky enough to, well, not lucky, it was just hard work, um, to get up an inquiry um, for the Legal and Social Issues Committee, um, which has been completed and the report's been tabled. And that was into the management of of sex offenders and how we can um, best do that in Victoria. Um, It was a very good inquiry. The the outcomes of that inquiry and recommendations were put to the government and it was only the other day that um, the government have agreed to the recommendations in principle, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit disappointing. I'd like to have, heard, you know, have them have full support. Yes. Um, it's probably their way of you know, meeting us halfway, I suppose. You wonder how you wouldn't just say, oh, no, do what you want with the sex offenders. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's I crazy. Know. But like yeah. one of the recommendations was to... Was to um, look into a, a, a limited disclosure scheme similar to what they do in Western Australia and also in the UK where you can, if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're a little bit, you know, not too sure about this person um, and you've got kids and so forth, you can apply yes. to get some more information about them, Yeah. Um, which has worked very well in Western Australia and yeah. overseas. Yeah. So Fingers crossed that that will be referred to the Victorian Law Reform Commission now yep. uh, for review yep. for implementation in Victoria. So that would be that's a first step towards, yes. uh, I suppose, a public sex offender register. It's a watered down version, but at least it's something. So in WA, with uh, the fact that they've got those um, that ability, mm-hmm. do you find that uh, that people um, become almost vigilantes in a way that Mm. um, they, I don't know if I'm using the right expression there, but where they find out where a sex offender lives and then they make it help. I mean, I'm not saying I feel sorry for them, but Mm. um, I also, I have a bit of trouble with if people know where sex offenders live, 
I must admit, I don't want a sex offender mm. living next to me. Yeah. How, how, you know, there's a there's a fine line, there isn't is, there? Yeah, it's, it's, it is a fine line, but the, um, the review of the Western Australian model showed that out of all the um, tens of thousands of people that accessed the disclosure scheme, um, there were only three instances of of any vigilante type behaviour, yeah. Um, which they worked out the percentage. It was like something like zero point zero 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 one percent. Okay, I would have thought it was more. Okay, extremely minimal. Yeah. Um, even the the report that was handed down by the Legal and Social Issues Committee said that um, it it wasn't even an issue vigilanteism. The UK model. We spoke with the um, the the UK um, ministers and people that operate that that scheme over there, and mm. they said. It's never been an issue to them either. Okay. Um, and the question that I've always posed is, yes, if I had a sex offender living next door to me, how would I feel about that? On the flip side, if I had a sex offender living next door to me and I had young kids and I didn't know, how would I feel about that? Mm. Um, there have been, there mm. have been times where, you know, people have offered to look after people's mm. kids as neighbours. Mm. Sometimes we do. If something mm. happens, mm. do you mind looking after the kids for half an hour? Mm. Um, and there's been an instance, um, which I won't go into details mm. with, but um, somebody has said to me that that's what they, they did mm-hmm. over a period of time yeah. um, and unbeknownst to them, during that time their daughter was being sexually abused mm. and it turned out later that that person was a registered sex offender and and, and the, the parents said, had we known, there's absolutely no way. We, no. Would, have, we would have let this person have access yeah. to our child. Yeah. So there's a flip side yeah, to, there is. to the argument and you just got to weigh it up. What's more important, the safety of your kids or, you know, knowing, being uncomfortable that there is a sex offender living next mm. door? Oh, when you put it like that, the safety of your kids is paramount to everything, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, there are registered sex offenders living in the community right now. There are thousands of them. Yeah. Um, you know, it, what we are suggesting is that those that are most dangerous, those that pose the most risk to kids, yes, the community should know about it. You know, they should know yep. um, to keep their kids safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not talking about, you know, your teenager who's been charged with sexting um, or, yep. you know, the, the minor sexual, yeah. you can never sort of say there is a sexual assault that's minor, but yeah. the lower level yes, assaulting yes, yeah. um, is not what we're talking about. We're yeah. talking about your serious Your grooming. Your Mr. Krull, your Mr. Baldies, your, your Jared yeah. Ridsdales, your, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, all Father of, Michael Glennon. Michael Glennon. Yeah. Those, yeah. those that pose a really significant risk to yeah. the community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so would that be your main passion is um, sex offenders or is there other? Yeah, it's justice in general. Yeah. Um, it's just keeping kids safe, in particular keeping kids safe, um, yeah. the, the most vulnerable. They're the most vulnerable in our community and we should be doing everything we can to keep them safe from harm. Yeah. Um, I don't think enough's being done because there are kids out there being abused right now. Yes. Um, you know, and that's just, that's horrible. You know, yeah. It's terrible. That should never happen. Yeah. So I want to do all I can to, to prevent that. Yeah. To, and to... and even, and I agree with you, it's, it's yes, the kids are very important um, and protecting them or trying our best to but also the the more vulnerable members of our community um you know say uh people with um mental health issues um people with uh, disabilities they're the people that i want to help protect as well because they are vulnerable Mm. and they are 
it's a terrible word, but they are easy targets Mm. or easier, aren't they? Particularly the vulnerable members. So, Mm. um, and there's plenty of people out there that are willing to, for you know, whatever reason in their head, to prey upon these people and take advantage of them. Yeah, um, and try to get away with it, and it's just horrible. Um, So, yeah, I'm happy to do whatever I can to stop that. Yeah, Um, and so. We, we're going to have to um, uh, stop in a minute because the bell goes mm. at 10 o'clock. Yep, doesn't does, matter what does. we're doing. You'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Yeah. Um, so what's more stressful, politics or policing? Um, policing, without a doubt, yeah, a thousand miles ahead of politics. There's no more stressful job that I've ever done um, than policing, yeah, and it's – it's a thankless job. Um, you know, we do it for the love of the job. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are times when, yeah, we, we make mistakes. Yeah, we are human. Police are humans. Um, we do make mistakes. Um, that does happen. Mm. And and we are held to account, you know, um, more than any other occupation uh, Gee, that's not going around. There. It's getting um, worse and worse. Yeah, that's just the way it is. That's the, that's yeah. the nature of the beast and we know that. Um, but... At the end of the day, we try to do the best we can mm. um, in, in certain situations. And mm. what people have got to realise is that a lot of the times we have to make decisions in a split second mm. that are often drawn out in a in a court or even a coroner's court. Mm. Um, yeah, your your ten seconds of your action oh, in a particular yeah. job yeah. can be drawn out over many many hours. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but if you're faced with a a person who's holding a knife that's four metres away from you and you decide to pull a gun and pull your trigger. Yeah. You have to justify that yeah. um, for yeah. fear of your own life, and, and which is fine. But when they start drilling down on the very mm. minor details of mm. that particular mm. five-second whatever it is, mm. that's when it becomes, you know, really, really frustrating for, mm. for police. And, and I think that you're right about the decisions that um, we, we have to make. Uh, it, it's almost to the point now where I think police police are hesitant to make a decision mm. because of you know they're thinking am I justified yeah. like you know in that split second your classic example is the Burke Street I was um, that's where I was yeah, heading because yeah. as police during that time yeah. we'd become so risk averse yes. we were trying not to engage yes. because we don't want to be in trouble for doing the wrong thing yeah. and and that played out in mm. Burke Street mm. and the results Mm. For everyone, for there and mm. forever and a day, and mm. as we know now, it was you know a lot of wrong decisions were made, mm. but the, that was the culture at the time yeah. um, that was drilled into the police that yeah. you know at all times try to avoid that contact. But yeah. sometimes you just got to go in boots and all, and you yeah. know take care of a situation. You got to yeah. do it. That's yeah. what the community expects. Mm. The community expects police to protect and serve. Mm. We need to protect the community. Mm. Mm. Well, Stuart. Uh, I could be here for another hour. We could be here another hour, I'm sure. But so how can people help you in your position now to improve the justice system? Because it is, personally, I feel it's falling down around our knees. What can people do? Yeah, in the first instance, just come to me, Mm. email me, ring my office. Um, Mm. Yeah, email me, Stuart. Dot Grimley at parliament.vic.gov.au. Yep. Hope I got that one right. 
Um, and we often get a lot of emails from a lot of people. If we don't know about something that's happening within the justice system or the courts, yep. we can't fix it. Mm. So the more people that tell us um, mm. about their stories, um, their mm. issues, their situations, mm. the more we can help. And we, we have helped a lot of people. Mm. And there we go. There the we bell. go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Stuart. Um, we might have to do this yeah. another day. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much no for worries. your time. Yeah, part, part two might be coming later on. <laughs> it will be. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Right. Thanks, Stuart. Hey, it's Narelle here again. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy the podcasts as much as we enjoy putting them together. But to make sure you never miss an episode of Narelle Fraser Interviews, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating and even a review. And please share it with all your friends too. And again, thanks for joining us. We have got some amazing stories to tell. So thanks again. See ya. Hello, guess who? Just a quick interruption here to let you know you can now become a Narelle Fraser Interviews Patreon. How exciting! Simply go to www.patreon, that's P for Peter, A T R E O N for Narelle.com and search for Narelle Fraser Interviews. And to all of you out there who continue to support me, thank you so much. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.